Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of MTG Rants, and what might be the last episode of this year. Uh, it's December 16th, Friday night at 9pm, we've got nothing better to do than record a podcast, because we're two white guys in our late to mid-30s. Yeah, that's generally how it works. I have work to do in the morning, so I can't, you know, I, go out I technically and, do. and trick myself into thinking I'm younger than I actually am. I've been able to do that a long time. Uh, I'm probably playing the Arena Open tomorrow, uh, the one that's Cube. I've actually, you know, Cube drafted an Arena a bunch of times. Uh, we can talk about it a little bit on the show. I wanted to try to get an episode out before the Arena Cube Open happened, so I could give like impart some of my wisdom and or don't listen to Tana and he doesn't know what he's talking about. I'll just do the opposite and win kind of stuff. That's usually we'll what see. I do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right? Like, that's why we work so well together. We just never say a word, just play our games, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll be all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, w- I will be commentating the uh, the Mana Traders Invitational. I'm not even sure what the branding for it is, but it's their capstone sure. event. Sure. Uh, 48 people, standard, modern, and legacy, going to be me and Corey all weekend, so that'll be fun. Um, but this sort of caps my, my end-of-the-year stretch of busy weekends where I, I was either playing a tournament or commentating a tournament five out of six weekends in a row uh the you know four the first four of those five were traveling uh the one weekend i had off was thanksgiving weekend uh and so now i get to wrap up the year doing some commentary from home which is nice yeah uh and then two days after i'm done with that i, I get on a 12-hour train ride back to connecticut for the holidays so i still got my travel again don't worry sure <laughs> sure yeah I'm kind of jealous. I don't know if uh, I don't know what I'm doing for the holidays this year. I might do like Friends Xmas, Friendsmas, Friendsmas, yeah, Friendsmas kind of stuff. So we'll we'll figure it out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was just like looking over at Twitter because like some some stuff was blowing up. Uh, I don't know. I know it's not your wheelhouse, but like, have you? And this is random. I'm sure some people at home know this. Have you heard about what's been going on with DC in the last couple weeks? You mean the DC Comic Universe or Washington yes. DC? No, DC DCU. So the D, the okay. DC Comic Universe. Yes, I know uh, you're not. The, in the answer to both was no. So, <laughs> so okay. So you know, Marvel is like unbelievably uh, successful. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. They make just infinite, and like DC yeah. has been trying to and do all the, the DC same thing. movies. Fucking suck. There's a few that are okay. There's a few that are like better than okay, but like overall, it's been pretty bad. It's yeah, been a very but then rocky there's road. Batman versus Superman. Yeah, well, that one's better than, like, the original Suicide Squad and stuff. And, like, the, they're both like, egregiously okay, awful. So the, I think the biggest delta between two movies are, is that, the two Suicide Squad, Squad movies. Like, one of them is, like, very watchable, one of them is unwatchable. But the biggest delta might be between the two Wonder Woman movies because the first one is actually a really good movie and, like, very well done. And the second one is a giant steaming pile of shit. And I was like, how did we go this far? But anyway, so uh, James hold, hold Gunn. On, hold on, before, go you, before you keep going. I just sure. want to note that I saw Suicide Squad, the the first one, yeah. in theaters. Same. In the middle of the day. We went to like a matinee on a Tuesday, and I fell asleep. It yep. was so bad. I fell asleep in Aquaman, and I do not I do yeah. not fall asleep in movies. Like, like 3 I, o'clock in the afternoon. You've seen a movie with me, right? I'm one of those people like... I don't speak. I stare at the fucking screen. Like, don't talk to me during a movie. Like, yeah, I'm one of those people. Like, I'm, 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 I'm that as well. Yeah, I'm there to be entertained. Unless I know what it is going in. Like, Brian Basoko and I have this thing that we do where every time, like, a Godzilla movie or something comes out, we get a buzz on or we, like, sneak some alcohol into the theater or, like, you know, buy alcohol at the theater. And we go watch them those movies at, like, 2 in the afternoon so nobody's in the theater. And we just get ridiculous. 
Yeah. The days of sneaking like, no, no, alcohol way, into you. a theater are gone. Now they just all sell it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now Which is like, it. why weren't you doing this the entire time? Yeah, exactly, right? So, anyway, I'm just, like, reading up on this stuff, and, like, it's so fucking wild what's happened here, because, like, they gave the keys to the kingdom to, like, James Gunn and, like, somebody else who's, like, who've done pretty well in this genre before, right? And so, uh, he did what I think is actually pretty smart. He's just hitting the reset button, and they've always just had this out. Like, I've been talking about my, my friend with this for years, because, like, yeah, these movies suck, but, like, whenever they eventually do the Flash movie, they can just be like, oh, oops, reset, because, like, he's a fucking god, and he can do whatever he wants, and, like, yeah. he can travel through time and change the whole yeah, universe. Yeah, he's the most powerful so, superhero. Yeah, he's literally the most powerful. Like, that's what people don't, yeah, he's literally, like, a god. And, like, they, like, they always, like, tone him down. He's, like, he's more powerful than everyone. But anyway, um, so that's pretty much what's going to happen, right? And they've told all the major actors, they're like, sorry, but you're done. Like, your shows aren't coming back. You're not getting your sequels. Apparently, the Superman and the Wonder Woman, like, cameos in the movie just got cut because they're like, we're not going to have any more of you. And, like, you know, The Rock's movie just came out, which is Black Adam. And they're like, yeah, that's done. Henry Cavill got brought back for that to be Superman for the first time in five years. So he has a cameo in the movie. Like, he shows up after the, after the credits. And then he was told, like, three days ago, oh, sorry, we were just kidding. Like, you're not actually Superman. Anymore. <laughs> so we're going to someone else. And, like, it's just a mess. And then there's, like, the other universe Batman with Robert Pattinson, which was, like, I fucking adored that movie. I thought it was great. And they are like, originally they were like, okay, that's going to be in this, and that's going to be the Batman now. And then they were kind of like, no, leave that alone. Like, leave it over to the side where it's by itself and is good. Yeah, don't ruin thing. this, so, please. Yeah, so, like... It's all over the place, and they've just been telling everybody, like, sorry, not sorry. And, like, the other big rumor is that, like, obviously, like, so the weird thing is, like, you're still getting the Flash movie. Like, we're still getting the next Shazam movie. We're still getting the next Aquaman movie. But, like, what? You know, like, like, is it just because, like, you need to recoup some of your money? Like, I thought you were resetting. And they've, they've actually apparently told Jason Momoa, they're like, you're not coming back as Aquaman. But they're thinking about bringing him in as, like, the villain in the next DC Thing. Like, he might be or anti-hero Lobo and so I'm just like it's just blowing my mind all this stuff and I'm like you didn't think to do this from the beginning like Marvel they where they sat down and like they're like alright here's our plan for the next 10 years DC is like we'll just throw some darts at the wall and some little stick kind of thing but anyway sorry I just happened to see this and it made me I was like it's funny to bring this stuff up to you because I know you have like no idea what's going on so it's always just funny you are correct so, so. but uh, I, I also wanted to bring up I know you were very interested in who was leading the Western Conference last week, but I, I, I checked the standings today, and the New Orleans Pelicans are in second now. And, I, and then I had to go back, and I was like, well, what happened? Like, they were doing so well. They were winning all these games, and now they're not in first anymore. Yeah, we just keep losing the Jazz. <laughs> yeah, that you, didn't, you had to play the Jazz again, and I guess that didn't go so well. No, it did not. Because you played them twice in a row, and you lost both of them. Yeah. And you had already played earlier, and you lost that one too. Yep. Thankfully, we don't have to play you anymore this year. Unless we meet in the playoffs. I hope we meet in the playoffs. I hope we beat the shit out of you, Ross. Because <laughs> that's going to happen. We're going to be healthy. We're going to beat you. I don't know. I don't know anything, but I don't really care. I just like to I like to give you shit about it. Like, look, I'm excited the Pelicans are good, but, like, I've been hurt before, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> they are definitely good. CJ McCollum needs to start making shots. That would help. Um, yeah, and being healthy would help. Yeah, Not having... playing against Jordan Clarkson yeah. would help. Ch check his initials. Very important around this time of year. But I just wanted to needle you about the 2-0 sweep. Sure, sure. It's pretty good. I mean, Take that's note. fine. Or th technically 3-0 sweep, right? 
Yeah, but 2-0 this week, like, it's hard to beat a team in both games when you play, you know, two and three nights. Uh, you know, you often see those go 1-1 um, just because, you know, it almost becomes like a playoff series. You're able to make some adjustments and, you know, get very into a specific game plan. Whereas most nights in the regular season, teams are just running their stuff, maybe making some minor adjustments here or there, but they're not going too deep just for one team for one game on on the 82-game schedule. But when it's two games and three nights, you just kind of can't help but make those very specific adjustments to the given matchup. So... Uh, I expected the Jazz to lose the second game, uh, and then that they just, you know, they looked like they were going to lose it. The Pelicans had a sizable lead in the third quarter, and the Jazz just fucking stormed back. Every time Zion was off the court, really, they they made a run. That it was it was weird because it, in the previous two games, Zion was almost he wasn't actually a liability, but he's almost a liability because they picked him on picked on him on defense so much. Right. That's the, that's the thing. Yeah. In this in this game. The defense was fine, but their offense just couldn't score without Zion on the court. Obviously, like no, no, Brandon Ingram is a big part of that, but um, you know they just really couldn't score in those minutes, and that let uh, Utah get back in the game. That was a gr- that was a great game. The Thursday game was awesome. Like there, there was the one run that I, I think New Orleans was up by like thirteen max, and that was like a brief time towards the end of the third. Jazz came back at the end of the third, and it was close the entire fourth quarter. You know, went to overtime. Um, a lot of great plays. Mike Conley, oh, man can't make a shot right now, but it doesn't matter. He just just runs the entire team perfectly. Just a just a quality veteran NBA point guard right there. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, for sure. Like it, it. I mean, the dude's been around a while, and we're yeah. still a young team. You know, we got a little a bit of uh, experience in the playoffs last year, which can't be like undersold how important that is. Yeah, that's why I'm not, I don't like. Teams that just want to tank for like five years straight because that early experience is important. It was important for OKC ten years ago. Uh, it was important for Boston five years ago, and I think it'll be important for New Orleans as well. Like, just mm-hmm. you just need it. I think there have actually been studies done that show like number of playoff games for a given like core uh, because mm-hmm. obviously like the you know the um, rosters change a lot around the edges year to year. But you know if you define their core players as two, three, four, or five, five people that are there year in, year out. The more playoff experience they get, the better they tend to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. So, uh, Well, one of the reasons this might be one of the last episodes of the year is because Christmas is coming up, you're going to be traveling, and you know, you've know you got a lot of stuff to do over the next few weeks. Uh, I will say this. Watsy gave us a little bit of a Christmas gift early. We got a little bit of uh, ex- some spoilers from Phyrexia All Will Be One in the next set, which apparently a lot of the planeswalkers are going to be, what is it called? Completed. Yeah. The, I think there's 10 planeswalkers in the set and five of them are completed. Honestly, cool. I don't really know what completed means. I assume it's like taken over by the Phyrexians. Yeah. So that's what it is. I don't know what it means in reference to like actual magic cards though. They do have the Phyrexian mana. Cause we have a completed Tamiyo already. And it says Tamiyo yeah. is completed. So, like, maybe there's something in the set that's like, if you control a completed Planeswalker, this creature is better. You yeah, know, like, it just like gets built on that mechanic. Yeah, sure. Like, you know, I mean, I, maybe there's something there. But we have actually gotten one of those Planeswalkers revealed. I don't know. If, I don't think this one's completed, but it's an oldie but a goodie Planeswalker. We have a new Koth, even though I'm not so sure about this card. So let's go ahead and read. Let's go ahead and talk about this one. This is a red Planeswalker. It's two red red for four loyalty. It's a, it's Koth, Fire of Resistance. 
It's plus two is search your library for a basic mountain card, reveal it, put it in your hand, and then shuffle. So it doesn't put it in play, just puts it in your hand. Minus three, cough fire versus deals damage to target creature equal to the number of mountains you control. Okay. And then it's minus seven, is you get an emblem. Whenever a mountain enters the battlefield under your control, this emblem deals four damage to any target. Meh. So I don't like this card for yeah, two reasons. Meh. Two reasons. One, its name isn't an acrostic for Koth, like Koth of the Hammer. Sure. It should have been. Just come up with different words. Every Koth should have been named that Koth way. of the Forge. <laughs> yeah. Um, and or two, Koth of the Hall. Yeah. Two. Sorry. It's not very good. <laughs> and, and two, it sucks. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. The. <laughs> The plus two is not is very marginal value at that point. Um, the the minus three is quite a bit. You know, we we like having that ability to have a removal spell on the minus, but going down to one loyalty, like, it's just never going to live. And it's a pretty weak removal spell, all told. Obviously, if you have four mountains in play, you know you deal four to a creature. That's pretty reasonable. Now you're at Chandra Torture Defiance territory, um, but. I don't want to build my mana base. Like part of the reason you play monocolor decks is so that you can put these cool uh, utility lands in your deck, whether it was Den of the Bugbear that has since rotated from standard or now like Mishra's Foundry, you know, maybe you play Field of Ruin, like, you know, the castles from Throne of Eldraine. There's a, a ton of examples. And so all of those things that you want to put in your mana base to maximize the value that you got out of your lands diminish the effectiveness of probably the best ability of the three on this card. Obviously, the minus seven is really good, but, you know, anytime you get to activate a Planeswalker three times, you're like, especially a four or five mana Planeswalker, you're probably going to win the game. So yeah, the game's probably over. Yeah, yeah, I don't, that doesn't move the needle really for me. The big issue with it is the plus two is just not very good. Yeah, that's the big issue for me. Uh, the next card we're talking about, speaking of Phyrexian stuff, this is a reprint of an oldie but a goodie. Phyrexian Obliterator is back. Quad Black gets you a 5 5 Phyrexian Horror Trample. Whenever a source deals damage to Phyrexian Obliterator, that source's controller sacrifices that many permanents. Uh, there's some really cool stuff you could do with this back in the day in Standard, because you could make, you know, it deal damage to itself. Uh, so you had to sacrifice that many permanents or whatever. But um, this is a card that, you know, we've seen at a time show up in Standard. It's an all-star in other formats. You know, like a lot of people really liked this in like Commander and stuff, so the card still had some value and stuff like that. But Quad Black is pretty prohibitive you know you're looking at probably a monocolor deck at that point and this is a 5-5 trampler for four which is above rate but not by much by today's standards of like really good creatures yeah that said there there has been a mono black deck in standard recently mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh it kind of got outshined by grixis and esper as people figured out the mana bases and, and the powerful gold cards but this is a pretty strong incentive to be in monocolor especially because there's been a rise in mono red aggro since the new set. So Obliterator historically very good against red decks. Yeah, you put it out and they just stare at it. They're like, uh, what do I, <laughs> yeah. what, what do I, what do I, what do I do about that one? <laughs> I, I will say, um, if you, if you're looking at this card thinking, oh, I can put it into my like mono black devotion deck in Pioneer, stop. Just stop yourself. Full stop. Don't do it. Yeah. And I, this is, I, I want to make something very clear to those that remember, you know, mono black devotion fondly from the, those days of, of Standard, that was not a Devotion deck in the same way that Mono Blue and Mono Green Devotion were right. in that Standard right. format. It was not a Nykthos deck. 
I know right. the originalist from the Pro Tour played one copy of Nykthos. Some people stubbornly kept playing it. Yeah. The better players figured out that it was bad, and they just wanted more black sources. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, it was just a reasonable mid-range deck that got to play Mutavault. Um, if, if you want to play a similar style deck in Pioneer, there's really no reason to not play red to get Fable of the Mirror Breaker into your deck, which is the strongest mid-range card in the entire format. Uh, and Obliterator is not stronger than it, so there's no reason to sacrifice Fable in order to play Obliterator. The other way you can go with it is to try to make a mono black deck built around Nykthos. And there's some cool things you can do there. You can play Leyland of the Void in your main deck, have this free two pip permanent. Um, you know, th there's some reasonable cards that you can play to provide devotion in the early turns, but I can guarantee you that there's no way that that deck is better than mono green devotion, you know, at, at least in terms of being a Nykthos deck. So uh, I think it's basically a trap for both sides in Pioneer, but. I wonder if we see some mono black in standard. That's where I could see the card. I wouldn't be surprised. I think the only thing possibly holding this back against mono black and standard is the fact that it's a four drop, and you're already you already have the most busted four drop in the format with uh, Sheholdred. So yeah, good point. We'll, we'll see how many you know, but you might not want to run four Sheholdred in your deck, and you might want to run a couple more. Like we'll see what happens with the way the whole deck curves out and stuff. You yeah. don't want to put like. 8 to 12 4 drops in your deck and have them gumming up your opening hands. But maybe you can get away with 6, right? Yeah, you know, 4 and 2 or something, yeah. or 3 and 3. Yeah, we'll see that. So, uh, The next one we've got, we've got a legendary creature, Human Rebel. This is Jor Kadeen, first Gold Warden. Red, white for a 2-2 Trampler. Uh, I haven't seen this card yet. So whenever this attacks, it gets plus X, plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of equipped creatures you control. Then if it's powers 4 or greater, draw a card. Man, they really want the red, white aggressive equipment deck to work but this one's not bad i mean like the thing is like i don't traditionally want to invest a few creatures into a deck that has a whole bunch of equipment but if you like the equipment decks and you have a commander deck this is a commander for you that's like really damn good yeah this is definitely a commander card as far as real formats go <laughs> i don't i think it's like a, sure. a sneaky not equipment card like it's actually an aura card where you put an aura on this and then attack and like, yep. oh, I don't have any equipped creatures. It gets plus zero, plus zero, but it does have four power. I guess I'll draw a card because that's really the important part of it. And I, and I don't really care how you get there. So if yeah, you just like, madcap experiment this thing. So I've been thinking about this. And if there's like a, a Naya-ish deck in standard or whatever, like Audacity is pretty great on this. Yeah. Like you're replacing everything if something happens. Because like that's always been my problem with decks that have equipment and creatures or creature enchantments and creatures if like it's not literally boggles where you can just put everything on one and they can't just point a doom blade at it is like you're you're in like a house of cards right if they take away with one specific card everything comes crumbling down or they kill your one specific thing everything comes crumbling down or <laughs> excuse me you'll draw too much of one half of the deck yeah you have a natural inconsistency baked into the way your deck is structured uh, the next card, uh, this is a pretty cool one, got a, a nice little slow bad reference. So it's a slow bad Iron Goblin. Two and a red for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature, Phyrexian Goblin Artificer. They had to make some small print for this one. <laughs> Tap it, sacrifice an artifact. Add an amount of red equal to the sacrifice artifact's mana value. Spin this mana only to cast artifact spells or activate abilities of artifacts. If this card makes it into some standard decks, it's doing some weird shit. It's, like, doing some pretty unfair stuff, probably. The The problem with this is, like, the cards that I really want for this are the ones that, like, they're not legal in standard, right? The extra cards from Brothers War? Yeah. 
Because, like, I want to sacrifice an Icker Wellspring to this to, ca to cast Worm Coil. And, like, none of those cards are illegal. So, um, I do think that there's maybe some kind of, like, Artifact Matters deck at some point, you know, in, in, in here. Where, like, because I actually think the Might and the Meek Stone is a good magic card. If you can have yeah. any reason for the mana for it to be relevant. Like, if you can tap that mana to do something. You know, some abilities or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I think it's something that happens. And... To me, I want that in like kind of a mid range. I don't want it in like a control deck usually. I want it in kind of a mid rangey deck where like you have a good bit of mana, you're spinning towards stuff, but both of the abilities on it really, really matter and stuff. So that's what I kind of want. So seeing slow bad as a way to like maybe power that out, you know, a couple turns early or something you is sacrifice well. one to cast the second you that, know, for free yeah. effectively. Yeah, done um, in. There's some cool things you can do. This is the kind of card that I wish would be good, but I know it just, just is. generally yeah. isn't. Yeah, it generally it, is not, right? Like, But it is a 3-mana three 3-3, three, so you have some baseline there, even if yeah. you're not using the ability. You know, if you're spending some time to set up the rest of your battlefield before that ability becomes relevant, you it can rumble in the red zone yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So m maybe that gives it some hope, but ultimately, I'm thinking that this is just another commander card. Yeah, so this is one of the cards, like, like you just referenced it. You know, they, they make cards like this by the dozens, and generally one of them makes it through to be, like, you know, a standard player. Uh, the next one, this is a reference to another card from an old Phyrexian set, and I'm assuming we're going to get the the full color wheel of it again, but we have Blue Sun's Twilight instead of Blue Sun's Zenith in the set. Uh, it's a similar casting cost, not the same. It's X Blue Blue instead of Triple Blue, but it's a sorcery this time instead of an instant, Ross. But I actually kind of like this one. This is a really good card for limited, for sure. It says, gain control of target creature with mana value X or less. If X is 5 or more, create a token that's a copy of the creature. Now, Remember, the first sentence says, gain control target creature with mana value X or less. So if you have seven mana and you want to take a four drop, you can pay five and get two of the four drops. Yeah, very the, important. The way this and, Entrancing Melody was a card that saw mm -hmm. significant standard play. It even sees a little Pioneer played right now in the sideboard of Monoblue Spirits. This is a strict upgrade to that card. Uh, and obviously, like, you know, the potential is there. Sometimes you just draw Entrancing Melody in the late game and you take some mediocre creature when you get a full extra card out of it. You take know, Kiki Jiki, you know. Take yeah. reflection. Sorry, reflection of Kiki Jiki. Yeah. Take, take the damn token that makes a treasure. Like do whatever you got to do, because like this is a kill spell in blue. You know what I mean? Like we don't, you know, we don't get that kind of stuff very often. And, that, and it's a huge tempo swing if you're able to cast it for X equals five. It's already a reasonable tempo swing by itself. Uh, you know, especially if you're taking the Fable token. Uh, but casting a light game it can be very game breaking. This is definitely the. To me, the, the best of the six cards previewed thus far. Mm. Uh, this is a slam dunk first pick in limited as well. Like, not not passing this card. Uh, I saved uh, the splashiest one for last here. Uh, yet another reference to an old, an oldie but a goodie. We have Elish Norn, Mother of Machines. Uh, this just sounds like a really good heavy album, you know, from some band in the 90s or whatever. The Mother of Machines or whatever. You know, I feel like there should be a pit every time. You should, you should cast Elish Norn, and the pit should just open up, and people should jump in it. Anyway, sorry. Four and a white for a legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor. It's a 4-7. So it's a 4-7 with Vigilance for four and a white. Uh, that's already, like, way above that. Same stats that Elish Norn had yeah. before. Exactly. If a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability or a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Permanents entering the battlefield don't cause abilities or permanents your opponent's control to trigger. So this is very much like, uh, what was the green one? That did something very much like this. Vorinclex? Uh, yeah, it's very much like Vorinclex as a white card. Uh, I do think this card is good. I do think there's a chance that this can make it into something like standard. But this is a 
Commander All-Star. Do you know, do you like, know what the card's nickname is? What? So it, it doubles mom. triggers like Panharmonicon. So, but but it's Pan mom. Panharmonicon? It's Panharmonicon. Panharmonicon. Th- or Panharmonicon. That, that, yeah, mo- mommy. What? Sorry. Mommy. Sorry. Yeah, I, that is a that is a mouthful, by the way, Ross. Yeah, I prof- I'm a professional a at saying words, and I can't get through that. But it's a clever nickname, so I like it. Yeah. This card, however, I think is being vastly overrated. At least uh, for real formats, you know. Obviously, it's going to. I, I yeah, I will say I think this is a commander just absurd yeah. card. But it, when we're talking about real formats that people play, yeah, uh, you know. So these are the uh, yeah. Sorry, these are the official spoiled cards. I know there have been other spoiled cards. In fact, we've had a few of them for a long time. Like some of these got spoiled like a while ago. But there's been another spoiling, so we're not going to talk about anything that's not official. But I will say one thing: we, we've seen what looks like to be like the art. For the Phyrexian stuff in the set, like the the alternate art stuff, not a fan. I know some people might like this. I am not a fan of this art. I'm just tired of every card having twelve fucking arts, and not being able to like follow coverage. It, like it just makes coverage impossible. Have you seen? How, okay, there's five different artworks of Elishnor, and I think they're all different. There's like, like eleven. I, I, like I tweeted about it, I was like, "LOL, coverage and did you know in 2023?" Because <laughs> like it's gonna be like like Joel Lissette is literally just rolling over in his grave. He's not actually yeah. dead, everybody. That's just a joke. And I'm sure people are gonna try putting this Elish Norn card into their you know enigmatic incarnation deck. They're like, "Ooh, the value." Yeah, right. Think, but I I implore everyone just think about it for a second. You play your enigmatic incarnation. You know, you sack an enchantment, you get a creature. Presumably one with an anticipate fill trigger. The next turn, you know, like you sack another enchantment, you get another creature with an ETB trigger. So you've gotten two ETB triggers off your two uh, enigmatic triggers. Well, you can find Elishnorn first, and then find another thing and get two triggers. That's the same number of triggers over two turns, and you have an like, and you've opened yourself up to your Elishnorn getting killed by all manner of different cards. So why are you putting this five drop in your deck? Five drops come at a pretty high opportunity cost, especially in a format like Pioneer, and especially in a format in a deck like Incarnation, where you have this very tight toolbox, uh, and there's a certain number of fives that you play that you know do really relevant things, whether it's Kenrith or Yorian or uh, I don't know exactly what the those lists look like these days, but I just cannot imagine taking effectively taking a turn off to put a four seven onto the battlefield, so that two turns from now you can be ahead on some marginal amount of value uh, makes any amount of sense. You're just going to die to the, your, you know, Lotus Field player. Or, sure, know, yeah, yeah, Phoenix yeah. player is going to take multiple extra turns and kill you. And yeah, it just doesn't, it just doesn't do anything right away. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like yeah, you, can't, you can't play five mana cards that don't have immediate impact outside of the stats of in combat. Mm-hmm. Just can't do that. Cross five. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, just think of the what five mana cards see play. We'll, we'll, we'll say in Pioneer right now. Are there any? <laughs> I'm hold on. I'm thinking. I'm or, like actively besides like, is it four of the pages five mana? But like, it kills you. Like, yeah, yeah. And it untaps yeah. you know two lands, so it's really three yeah. mana, and really it untaps Lotus yeah. Field. So it's we're like not one. playing. We're not playing the dragons anymore. Yeah, the Rakdos curve stops at zero or stops at four. Stops at zero. Yeah, it stops at zero. It's it's Rakdos Cheerios. <laughs> yeah, Rakdos Cheerios. Yeah. It's, it's, that, Ross, did you have a couple? Did you have a couple, did you have a couple beers can, before can, the show tonight? Mm, yes. 
Okay. Anyway, continue. Uh, actually, no, that that's wrong. I had a couple cocktails. Now Ooh, I'm having beer. God, I was gonna say cocktails. But I missed. I missed. Cavalier Thorns. That's that's yeah, probably that's the most played sure. five mana spell in, in all sure. Pioneer. You know. Yeah. And then that also and it just does, and, it, and it immediately generates value. Yeah. Or it just adds enough mana to kill you that turn. Yeah. 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 And sometimes is and oh, sometimes look, I got a Nykthos off of it. Yeah. Look, I got a Nykthos off of it. Activate the Nykthos. Kill you. Yeah. Kind of stuff. So. All right, so you've said some you said some some cool stuff. You said some negative stuff about stuff overall. Let's try to get a little positive. It's you know they're Ross. It's the holidays. I know I don't want to say like thankful because it feels like Thanksgiving, but I know what I liked the most. Like what was the best present for me this year, from especially like magic related, was the return of paper magic. It was pretty awesome to see this year. Actually, getting to be involved in it was uh, a dream to come true because you know I do coverage for a lot of the other games and I never gotten to do coverage like this for magic on this scale before of an event this large and that's awesome yeah also b- before we get too far in this i uh, i actually did forget to say something i apologize about this ross but good job last weekend i know oh, you thanks. fell a couple games short yeah but you were undefeated into the finals right of the I lost NRG? one game yeah you're <laughs> you undefeated the whole because I, I actually watched like all of day one, and then day two, I woke up, didn't get, didn't get on social media, and went back and watched it because like I knew it had already happened. You know, yeah. I didn't wake up until like eleven a.m. or twelve so p.m. Just like, turned on the vod. Yeah, just turned on the vod and watched. And I was rooting for you, pretty pretty big. So congratulations for running yeah. so good at the NRG event and making all the way to finals. It sucks not to win it, and not make it into the uh, the championship. But hey, finals got some cash. You know, yeah, it was a super fun weekend. Uh, you know, got to really hang out with that that NRG crowd uh, all weekend, and they were great. Um, I've know, really been enjoying their Twitter the last week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they go hard. <laughs> yeah, harder yeah. than I thought. <laughs> and then, uh, so yeah, it was an awesome weekend. The food was great. We went to an Indian restaurant on Sunday that was unbelievably good. I'm very jealous. Oh, my God, was it good. Whew. So, yeah, the food in Louisville, excellent. Uh, hope they, they go back there. Hope they come close to me. I know the, the season one announcement was a little disappointing with two events in Mundelein and one further north. Uh, so probably not going to see me playing in uh, any of those events, but hopefully they come closer to me uh, Where's the team one? later in the year. What? Is there a team one? There, there's gonna, the plan is to, for them to have one team. They're, they're planning for seven events over the year, starting in March, and then they'll have the champs as the eighth event, and one of those seven is going to be a team event, but it hasn't been announced yet. It might be one of those first three formats for those haven't for season one haven't been announced. Is is that a step back from them? I feel like they did more than seven events. Yeah, they did. I think ten this year or nine this year. Maybe they just cut the uh, the bad stops out. Not that the stop was bad, but like the ones that didn't you know produce enough people and enough money. But- yeah, um, I mean, I imagine they weren't very happy with their attendance numbers. Like we had one seventy one or one seventy two yeah. for also, the main I mean, event. They're dealing with a lot of other stuff now, and also they probably haven't seen the entire schedule next year. Eventually, you have to be careful about like scheduling because, like, if you schedule it the wrong weekend and something else is going on, you just get crushed. Yeah, it, it seemed like everybody's attendance numbers was really good in the first, you know, four to five months of this year, and then dropped off pretty considerably after that. Maybe part of that was the return of Watsi's OP structure, and players were playing a lot of RCQs. Or there were just a lot of RCQs to play that kind of diluted everyone's attendance numbers. Maybe it was, uh, you know, early numbers being propped up by everybody wanting to get back into Paper Magic. And so people flooded those first few events. But, 
you know, that wasn't sustainable and, and TOs thought it was, but, uh, you know, SCG saw reduced numbers towards the end of the year. Um, I think the only play, I think the only event that was surprised by how many they got was, uh, was DreamHack in Atlanta with 930 for the USRC. Uh, so hopefully they, you know, bump up the production value of their event for San Diego. But, um, yeah, it wasn't a great back half of the year for any major TO. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, I, I do hope from a, a, a magic standpoint, obviously that this, this works out better for everybody next year, but from a personal selfish standpoint, yes, let's, let's up all the money for the DreamHack events and then let's just run <laughs> back the coverage team of the first one. That was great. <laughs> let's, let's get some NRGs maybe in Roanoke, Virginia, <laughs> you know, sure. maybe in Richmond, Norm, Virginia. <laughs> Norm, I know you pretty well. In fact, he actually he texted me yesterday and I was like, come on, man. Make it happen for me. I want to help out. Get me and Ross in the booth for one of these things. That'd be fun. That would be fun. I'm about to say, Ross, I don't know if I could take you for an entire day. (laughs) Um, You probably can't. Yeah, we'll see. All right, so anyway, back to the Christmassy thing. That's what I've been kind of... That's been my present from... from, uh, And I'm I'm trying to stay positive here. Let's not talk about how there was 800,000 cards printed this year. You know, 15% (laughs) of, like, all Magic was printed this year or whatever. Um, but for, for me, that's what I'm like, you know, most thankful for. That was the best present for me this year was the fact that, you know, this gave me the most holiday cheer is that paper magic was back. I got to see people compete, really enjoy it. I didn't partake too much of my own, but I will say that I'm in a better mental space of magic than I was where I was just kind of like completely off it for a little while. And now I'm like, well, the way I identify with the game is at least, uh, available to me in some way, shape or form now when it was not for the last few years. Yeah, I definitely liked the return of Paper Magic, especially because I won a lot this year. Yeah, yeah. that, you that did part was fun. a lot of winning. Yeah, you did yeah, a I lot like, of winning this year. I hope that continues. <laughs> I, I don't know I'm what. Just great. <laughs> I don't know if I just you know ran well, picked good decks, all of the above. Um, Everybody yes. else sucks. Yes, <laughs> I'm the best. You're. Th- <laughs> it, it was it was quite a year. To just, uh, especially the you know the back half of it when I really r- ramped up uh, the schedule because I I only played two events in the first half of the year, it was all mostly in the back half and I will continue to thank Watsi as long as they let me you know register Underworld Breach in sanctioned modern tournaments. Still don't understand why the deck is not you know in the tier one. Well, I understand why it's not in the tier one of popularity. People just don't like combo decks, um, but. I still feel like it's underrepresented for one, how powerful and, and consistent and resilient it is. And also, um, you know, just how successful it's been, not just in my hands, but in the hands of Corey and Jesse and uh, Eduardo and several other players. So uh, I'm hoping the, the breach players do well in this, um, in the, the mana traders event this weekend, because Corey and I will not be unbiased sure I, I, um, I don't believe that for a second but so just for christmas you're going home hanging out with the family uh gonna get to see the dog right yeah i will see jelly bean i, I got my jelly bean. christmas yeah. shopping mostly done today gonna have to do a little bit on monday um as i wrap yeah, up and then I, one or two yeah I, I get the take the train at about 6 a.m tuesday morning so that'll be unfun 
I have to figure out, yeah, ugh. I have to figure out what my white elephant gift is going to be, and I'm, like, struggling, because uh, usually my go-to is if I can't figure anything out, just, like, buy a nice bottle or something, right, and just put it yeah. in there, but most of the people don't drink that are coming to this, so I can't just fall back on that, maybe I still will, but I did have a really good idea, I thought about getting, like, a professional headshot done, or just, like, a really good, like, high-resolution picture of me, get it printed out, frame it, like, sign it, or whatever, and then put it in as, like, the white elephant gift, and then whoever ends up with it at the end of the night, just be like, oh, just, like, open it up, and there'd be, like, a $100 bill in the back, or, like, some scratchers, you know, like, uh, some lotto scratchers, so just something fun like that, where they don't think they're getting any, you know, they think that, like, this is all it is. I, th I think that, I think that's a good idea, Tannen, but it needs, it needs one tweak. Sure. Okay? Instead of a professional headshot, a boudoir photograph. Hmm... Maybe maybe the Costanza photo from Seinfeld where I'm like on the bear rug. Yes. I I don't have whitey tighties, so I need to find some he wore he was wearing whitey tighties, right? Yeah. I need to find some some like old... But with a but with a, a comically large photoshopped bulge. I could just wear a cup. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> like, I could just like I could we get we, we don't need digital enhancement for this. We can just make it happen with practical stuff, you know? I like uh, the I way know, you think. This, yeah, this is we're going as cheap as possible here, Ross. I don't need to find some like film student and like, be I like mean, I do, need you to... do you own a cup still? I mean, no. I don't I haven't owned a cup since like early nineties, I think, or something like that. But yeah. I probably haven't owned one in twenty years. Yeah, sure. Took my ticket for the long way around. That's all I'm gonna say. All right. <laughs> Too well everybody... for the way. I hope everybody got that reference. But anyway. I feel like this episode is is utterly derailing, and you know what? We should probably end it before it gets any worse. Is there anything oh, else that you want to do? Let's do some Go overrated, ahead. underrated, and then oh, we fuck can yeah, let's do some of that. Maybe there's maybe there's a question in the thing. All right, hold on. Still got like a third of this beer. Joe Mister English says working evenings. Uh, it's pretty overrated to me now. I didn't care when I was younger. Now I kind of don't want that. Yeah, it sounds miserable. Um, <laughs> we'll answer this one quickly. Alan Swan says crypto overrated one of the most overrated things ever cool i don't need to go into this it's just a pyramid scheme for people that think they're too smart to be duped by a pyramid sure. scheme sure uh the flood with doc and ziggy says the oxford comma i actually think this one is underrated mostly because like i use it and most of my friends do not yeah oxford commas are great yeah. you should always use them i'm an oxford comma guy if you don't know what that is google it it's great uh joe mr english says sriracha and in the parentheses he says overrated I said overrated yeah, he said overrated, but for sriracha. Um, it might be slightly overrated. I like it. I have a bottle of it in my fridge. I like it with eggs. Oh, yeah, it's great on eggs. Uh, I have it as underrated, but mostly because um, it's it's a goat condiment when you're, like, watching your calories or trying to eat healthy or whatever because it has, like, no calories and it actually has taste to it instead of just being hot. And I put yeah. it on, like, almost everything I prepare at home. Like, I put it on my eggs. Um, I'll put it on fried rice bit. sometimes. Yeah. One of, time, yeah, but... fried rice. One of the main things that I make is I pick whichever protein I'm making for that week, whether it's like chicken, ground beef, ground turkey or whatever. And then I just get a bunch of veggies, like generally like a red and green bell pepper and some other stuff, chop it all up. And then I get like a rice or like a quinoa or something like that. And I make all of that. I put it all together and I make some kind of sauce. And so I just like kind of make like a, a, a chipotle bowl kind of thing at home. Yeah. And like I almost always... Even if I put a sauce on, I always put a little bit of sriracha in it just to have like some kick or whatever to it. And yeah. It's just great. So there are people that do overrate it. Oh, for sure. They put it on literally like like it says it on the bottle. I put sriracha on my sriracha. Yeah, that's, that's what, so maybe properly rated is the correct answer. Yeah, there there's it, it, it depends on how you perceive it to be rated, really, because it's good. It's really good. 
I keep Sriracha and Cholula around, and they have different applications. Yeah. But I like the texture of Sriracha. I Same. like the, the touch of sweetness in it. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it is really fucking good on eggs. Yeah. Oof. I put it on. I made a, a Spanish omelet today. Mm-hmm. Love Sriracha on a Spanish omelet. Oh, Egg, onion, potato, really Sriracha. I'm, I might make that when I'm done with the show. You should. They're delicious. Yuman five. Yuman five's got a good one here. He just says Joe. It says Joe? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ways to interpret that. I was going to ask. I was waiting for you to ask who. That's all I really wanted. So I could to say yeah. Joe Mama. But anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> Yeoman, you're great. All right. Joe, Mr. English says Alabama white sauce in parentheses, which is pretty much just mayo and black pepper. Yeah. Overrated. I like mayo. So yeah. they use it as like a barbecue sauce. And it's it's sure. weird. Uh, Gold says the XFL. Underrated. <laughs> <laughs> he hate he hate me is yeah, the greatest name is a fucking legend. Yeah, yeah, that dude is a he's the goat. Yeah, uh, Joe Mister English again with Alf. Alf or Elf? Alf, A L F. Um, given his uh, appearance in Pog form, I'm going to say underrated. Yeah, he's underrated. The show was that sh- I remember that show when I was a I kid. Uh, he he ate cats, right? If I remember right, yeah, I think he ate cats. I just remember the reference that they made on The Simpsons of him being in pog form. Uh, Rubber Duck Sauce says Elf the movie. My older sister loves this movie, so I've seen it way too much. So I'm going to say overrated, but it's a fine Christmas movie. Uh, I think it's actually one of like Will Ferrell's better movies. So I think it's like pretty like the thing is like everyone else rates it really highly. So I think it's properly rated because I do think it's pretty good. Uh, the comedic stuff in that movie is actually pretty great overall. Also, Zoe Deschanel is very unrecognizable in that movie because I think she doesn't have her traditional bangs and she's not dark haired. I think she's blonde, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, like like she's dirty like very blonde, young. She's like very young in that yeah, movie. It's like one of her first roles. Role role and uh but uh Peter Dinklage's uh scene in that movie is just utterly hilarious and gets yeah. quoted quite a lot or whatever, so it's pretty great. But the uh, best Christmas movie is very clearly Jingle All the Way. Yeah. Oh, uh, Yes, that's the Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to get what was what was the and Sinbad? Yeah, what what was the superhero's name? Oh, um, Power Man or something. God, I sure. don't remember. He's trying to get the he's trying to get the action figure of a of a specific superhero kind of thing. Turbo Man. Turbo Man. Okay, Power Man. Turbo Man. Very close. All right, that's close. For those who have heart, says Bryce Harper. Um, probably overrated, but I'm not sure. I'm gonna. I want you to guess what you think I'm gonna say. I think you're gonna say properly rated. I'm going to go with underrated. I think he's one of the best players of our entire generation. I think he's extremely, extremely clutch and great and doesn't get talked about enough as one of the best players in the game. Interesting. I think he's one of the like best pure hitters that has come in the game in the last 20 years. Raven Christ says, queuing for the RCQ in the first week or second week, and every time someone in the group chat asks who's going X tournament, you get to chime in saying, I won't be making it. Uh, underrated. <laughs> yeah. that's a good i just i just put the seventh fire reaction to it like, yeah, that's a good one just under, oh it's glorious okay so we're, we're catching back up to november here by the way this is a really good one cathal says ten and grace's fab world suit uh properly rated i think everybody understood that it was awesome yeah and i'm awesome so yeah well okay that's a different can of worms sure shut up anyway <laughs> here's a really metal one from joe mr english the question, would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Overrated. Yeah, overrated for sure. For uh, too many lazy variations on it. Yeah, Dr. Unks, bathrooms at card tournament venues. Uh, I think properly rated because everyone recognizes that they're disgusting. Though, if you're talking about the secret bathroom, underrated. 
If you can just yeah, find a bathroom, bathroom like is. relatively close that nobody else yeah. has found yet in the convention yeah. center. And that's where you do the number two. Like the number one's like whatever. You know, if you yeah. got to go number one, that's like whatever. I can get in, get out, do my thing. But number two, I will walk like half a mile in the convention yeah. center. And to sometimes find all you have to do is like turn a corner or go up one flight of stairs. I had a, I can't believe we're going to have a discussion. I had an interesting interaction with this the other day where uh, I think this was at like one of the fab events where like, you know, I was not feeling great one morning. I had some cheese for dinner. What wasn't doing, wasn't doing great. Right. So I go find a secret bathroom and it's so far away. It's one of the ones where like when I walk in, the lights are out, but as soon as I start moving in the bathroom, the lights come on. Yeah. You know, cause well, like no one's been in there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they turned off again while I was, like, I had to, like, I had to, like flail my arms while I'm sitting <laughs> on the toilet to, like, try to, I'm, like, it's so dark in here, you know? I'm, like, this I'm is how scared. every bad, scary movie starts. You know? <laughs> I need an so, adult. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can answer this one. Tang says, Stranger Things, season four. Uh, I haven't seen an episode of Stranger Things since season one. Uh, the show's pretty properly rated because it's pretty much considered a banger, and the show's great. Season four was pretty cool. Uh, Tang also says Arcane, the LOL TV series, the League of Legends TV series. I didn't know this existed. Um, so I don't know if this one could ever be properly rated or overrated because it's one of the best pieces of TV I've seen in actual probably my lifetime. I actually think it's just an actual perfect 10. I think it's that good. I'm not, I think I'm underselling it. I think it's one of the best things I've ever seen. I had no knowledge going into it and I was floored with how good it was. Like actual floored. It's one of those shows, you've heard me talk about this, where I want to rewatch it all the time and I make myself not rewatch it to not overdo it for myself. I do this with my favorite movies and TV shows. Uh, maybe not TV shows all the time because I've watched a couple shows two or three times, but I try to not overdo it. And this show, maybe I'm just remembering it this way, but I remember watching it and being absolutely floored of how good it was. Ross, if you want my Netflix login, if you don't have it, you can just to watch the show. I, I have a Netflix good. account. It is unbelievably good. It's also, you know, I don't like anime and stuff, but it's animated. And I was like, this is just unbelievably good. Sure. I'm waiting for, I, I don't expect you to watch it. I'm just saying like, I, yeah, I would not expect me to watch it either. I don't know if it's the best thing I've seen in the last like four or five years, but it's easily probably in the top three. It's, it's definitely in the top five. I don't know the best show I've watched in the last four years. Sure. Well, there's two, there's two of them. Sure. One is, is Dairy Girls that recently finished also okay. on Netflix. Sure. It's about, Teenage girls growing up during the end of the Troubles in Northern Ireland in okay. Derry. Sure. Uh, and then the, there's Glow, the show with Mark Maron and Alison I'll Brie eventually get around to that about one. women's wrestling. Both shows were awesome. I'm trying to think of the best things that I've seen in the last few years. Uh, Arcane is up there. Um, there. And to go even further into animation, because I'm not a big animation guy, Invincible was absurdly good. Um, you mean the Mark Wahlberg movie? No, there's a animated show on Prime <laughs> that's off of a that's off a graphic novel. I knew um, he didn't mean the Mark Wahlberg movie. Is that the one where he's a becomes a Philadelphia uh, Eagle or whatever? Yeah, yeah, that one's interesting. Elizabeth um, Banks is in it. Sure, this is like a Mark Wahlberg is a vampire. I'm convinced because <laughs> he's looked exactly the same for twenty something years. And no, that's I'm Paul Rudd. That's in. I'll, he's aging backwards. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Paul Rudd is Benjamin Button. Yeah, he's Benjamin. But what's the other? Uh, the Watchmen miniseries that came out on HBO, I thought was like unbelievably well done and very good. Uh, there's a show called Warrior on HBO. Has it now? It was original Max. That I think is really good. In the last couple of years, I'm trying to like go through like all the shows that were just. If you haven't watched Ted Lasso, I think Ted Lasso is an actual ten. Yeah, as well. yeah, that's up there too. I can't believe I forgot about that one. I'm Be so curious. mad that we didn't get season three in October like I expected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know what's well, delaying it. 
I'm kind of worried. I'm hoping the delay is that they're trying to figure out what to do because they were saying originally this might be the last season, and I'm hoping that's not true. Or I that, expect that maybe was the plan. Spin-offs. The original plan going in was it going to it was going to yeah. be a three season hopefully, show. Hopefully, there'll be some spinoffs and they're good. Oh, that was another thing too. If you've never watched uh, Letterkenny, there's a spinoff of Letterkenny called uh, Shorzy, and I was not ready for how good that show was as well. For for what it is, it's like perfect and stuff. So. I don't know if we want to keep going on television and stuff. I did rewatch uh, a personal favorite of yours and I's recently, uh, Chuck. It's another nice. one that I think is yeah. Chuck is just so good. Uh, all right, let's go on to the next one. Except the fifth season. Well, yeah, but you have to go through it because I actually, I actually don't hate the ending like most people. Oh, so. I hate, I loathed the ending. I like, here's the thing. Despise it. Happened around, it. So when I think about series that I've watched that long and was like super invested in that had endings, it's like, it's still better than Game of Thrones. It's still better than How I Met Your Mother and still better than Dexter. So like, that's a low bar to get over, if you know what I mean. Like those three are heinous. I like the How I Met Your Mother ending. It should have ended with them on the train tracks. And instead we got 20 or 30 minutes. They literally took away all of the writing from the three years before. Like, like. No, that's what Chuck did. No, 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 no. So like, okay. I'm not saying that's not, that's not true, but like. Barney's character, like, has this super arc of, like, becoming a real man and a real boy. Like, all of a sudden, like, becoming a real person. And then the last, like, ten minutes of the thing, they throw it all out again. And stuff. Well, but and then, then, he, then he goes back again. Sure, he does eventually. But, like, I will say this. The one thing that kind of makes me not like the show is you find out towards the end, once you really see what all of them do or whatever, that all of them except for one person are, like, irredeemable human beings. Yeah, just awful. only Marshall is okay. Yeah, Marshall's the only decent one amongst all of them is the hilarious yeah, party. he's the wholesome and, one from Minnesota, and, think, and they're all awful. Yeah, and you think that it's like, it's like him and Lily are both wholesome, and then you find out Lily might be the worst of all. Oh, people, definitely. Towards the end. You know, once once you figure out, like, what's been going well, on. Well, Barney's definitely the worst, but well, he's, like, is comically he because, bad. Is he? Because, like, you find out that, like, it's part of it's, like, part of it's kind of an act. Yeah, but like that doesn't excuse the things that he sure. does. He still does the things. Yeah, sure. okay, still does yeah, the things. Sure. So, but Bar- but like Barney is obvious. Like Barney's in a different league of awful than the rest of them. Lily is <laughs> at the, like something the height the of league. normal awful. So, when you said the league of awful, to me, I just saw him in a room with like the long table and like Doctor Evils at the end of it. And, like it's all the ridiculously <laughs> yeah. bad, the bad people. His cat. <laughs> yeah, they're not actually good at being bad. They're just like bad. I, I keep using the word bad. They're just like awful takes on bad characters. And yeah. he's in there. And it's like, oh, man, that'd be the great name for that movie. I, I feel like we should just have a total episode where we talk about pop culture, television and movies and stuff. But you'd be so bad at it. Well, the, the problem is enough. I know a lot about things that other people know very little about. <laughs> sure. <laughs> There's just not a lot of intersection with popular things from the current day. If we want to do an yeah, entire sure. episode on MASH, I can do that. I've never seen an episode. I know the show is apparently really great and everything, yeah. but like, yeah, all they do is drink. But I've seen like almost every decent television show that's come out in the last like five years because I've just been you know stuck yeah. in my house. Yeah, and I've seen so like long. four of them. Yeah, believe it or not, I actually really, really liked. Uh, I really, really liked the new Game of Thrones, even though I thought there were two scenes in the show that made me want to vomit. But like, other than that, like, I watched like two episodes of that because uh, my roommate is super like really, really into it. Uh, I'm I'm pretty into it too, just because like it's good quality television. And I like really quality television. I, I was watching the show while listening to two people talk about the differences between the book the show is based on and the yeah. show, don't because they just would immediately recognize all of the differences. Yeah, don't don't give me that because like I will say this. So I, I I haven't read the book because of that exact thing because it bothers me because like the Wheel of Times first season happened this year, 
and like I didn't enjoy it very much. And watching it, all I can think of is like that didn't happen. That happened differently. Wait, what? What did you do? What did you change? What's going on now? <laughs> oh, look, they actually they actually did a scene from the book. Oh wait, wait, Por you're that again? Maria, por qué? Por qué no los dos? Uh, do you want to do some a few more of these and then get out of here? Yeah. All right, let me, let me find this again. Sorry, my my because we're on Discord. For everybody doesn't know that we, it's one of the things we use to record this. And my Discord literally just got like I literally just got like you know the notification thing like a hundred times. I was like, what's what's going on? You're so popular. No, I just like making sure I didn't I didn't break something. <laughs> All right, um, Urza Saga. Cathal says, take this however you want. Um, honestly, I I think it's kind of underrated. Okay, I the set or the card? The card. Sure. I, I recently I, I recently tweeted that while I think the modern gameplay is very good, I would be interested in exploring a modern format where Raghavan, Ren and Six, and Urza Saga were banned. And I got a ton of pushback. One, um, largely from people that thought I was actively advocating for that to happen, which I was not. I just, uh, you know, it was more of an intellectual exercise than anything else. Um, but Ursa Saga got, like, the most pushback. Like, this card isn't actually that broken. It's a cool artifact payoff. And, like, I don't really even... I, you know, like, you see Ursa Saga in artifact decks, but it is not uniquely an artifact payoff. Like, it is a mid-range card a lot of the time, as you see it in, you know, Jund. And even in Breach, it's often just a mid-range card. Um, you know, there it gets extra functionalities, being, being able to tutor for one of your combo pieces, potentially... Um, but it's not, it got compared a lot to Mox Opal, which I thought was a, not a very apt comparison, um, and a kind of lazy comparison. And to me, the, the card just got pushed a little bit too far in particular with the ability to make the second construct on chapter three. I think if, the you just added until end of turn onto the end of the chapter two trigger, uh, it would have been fine, but it is a lot a lot of value for a land very difficult to interact with um so yeah obviously just one of like the five best cards in modern and modern right now is as powerful as it has ever been of course so uh ridiculously good card yeah i think you know we've only scratched the surface of like how good this actual card is going to be and you know design space is restricted and and making it too good in the future because every time you print, you know, artifacts that can be searched up with it, that's that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Hey, why are my just now? You know, a solid modern card. Somehow, Shadow Spear is worth like eight thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 all Urza Saga. Yeah. Kefa says calling the tokens constructs when cards with Urza in the name have made at least ten times of these. I like calling them constructs. It just makes it easy and it kind of shortens it in my mind of what it actually does. Yeah, it's easier to say. And it, the original thing that made it was Karn Sion of Urza. So they're they're constructs. It's it's just inertia. Don't you can't fight language inertia. It's gonna happen. People sure. say irregardless enough. Irregardless becomes a word. That's how language works. Get used to it. All right, so there's a whole, like, thing that's that's connected, so I'm going to leave that for the next one. You know when they do the... the yeah, yeah. Like, the, each one sequentially is, is connected. So let's go ahead and leave that for the next one. So that'll probably be 
towards the beginning of the new year. We'll see what happens with previews. We might randomly just put up a show with previews. You know. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll, we'll bring my, I'll bring my mic home. If, if sure. we have, find some time, we, we'll be able to do it. Sure. But right, no well, guarantees. For, yeah. For everybody that listened to us all year long and supported us all year, all year long, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. I know that, um, you know, it's been, it's been a rough road since the beginning of the show with, you know, magic, competitive magic kind of going away. And that's really, <laughs> that's really our shtick, right? Like, that, that's our thing is mostly, you know, competitive magic. Like that. So the people who've been here since day one, you know who you are. We mention your names all the time. You're great. All of our patrons, you're amazing. Uh, we've been having quite a bit of content going out on the Patreon lately. Um, more of that to come in the future. Don't worry about that. You're still going to be getting your money's worth on that stuff. Uh, Ross is doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Thanks, Ross. Really appreciate it. Hopefully, you're I'll be welcome. able to give you some more in the future. Um, you know, you'll be seeing a lot more of us, I'm assuming, this year as well. I'm hoping to be doing the DreamHack events uh, this year. Haven't been told otherwise, but haven't been, you know, guaranteed. But I have a feeling we'll be running it back. So that'd be really sweet to see that in the future as well. If you're looking for someone else's support, definitely go support Honorog. He's had some um, some GoFundMes up recently for some of his magic coverage stuff. And with magic coverage dying at the rate that it is, it's nice to see somebody who's, like, proactively doing something recently. So make sure you can support him if you can. Um, and if you've supported us in any way other, I mean, even if it is just listening to the show. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. And I hope you've enjoyed this year with us. Ross, you have anything you want to add? No, that was perfect. Oh, thanks, Ross. You're great. Love you, buddy. And uh, have a good time at uh, have a good time back home. Have a good ho- holiday. And I'll see you soon. Will do.